You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 22. Woohoo! again and welcome to 11 o'clock comics i am vince b i'm christopher naisman i'm david price and i'm gordon gecko <laughs> aka jason bernacki no he's mr <laughs> jason wood he's yeah, yay three in a row triple head jason impoverished <laughs> <laughs> what what a freaking day today i feel for you buddy i really do I'm sure you do. No, I honestly do. Uh, it, it is some scary, no, yeah, scary shit out there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, in case you don't know, today is Wednesday the what? What's today's date? I don't even know. 17th. Yeah. 17th, yeah. Because I don't care about such things. But the markets are taking a beating today. Banks are going down all over. But you know what? We're here to make you forget about that for an hour and probably 37 minutes. So here we are. Let's talk some freaking comics. Yes. Precogabilities yes. there. Yes. It's, watch, I'll edit it right down to 137. <laughs> How did he know? How did he know that? Uh, we're here to talk comics and talk a lot of comics, I hope, to get our minds off the bullshit. Did you know the FDIC is insolvent? Did you know that? Let's go Stop somewhere. It. <laughs> when's, the, when's, when's the chipper start? Chipper talk start. <laughs> I, we, we, we're actually, I've been tweeting with David this week. You're tweeting? David yes. and I were, were t- tweeting this week, yes. Oh, ah, you know, nice. You're Twitterers? Uh, I'm a recent recent convert to Twitter. Nice, nice. It's, uh, um, we recently found out that uh, The Ultimate Warrior is following the Windy City Comic Con Twitter. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> oh, oh, well... I don't know how that's going to fly for him because um, we all know how he feels about uh, the gay community. Ooh. <laughs> well, he's a phobe? Oh, my God. He, he quote, unquote, phobe, yeah. queering don't make the world work. Wow. <laughs> well, that's bio- what the man said. Biologically, no, it doesn't, but that's besides the point. 
that's not not that it is a gay convention, but the con- <laughs> the convention is at uh, is it basically in Boys Town in Chicago, and <laughs> is at the uh, center on Halstead, which uh, which is uh, a uh, gay, lesbian, bi, and transgender community center. But it's a beautiful oh. building. <laughs> transgender? No kidding. You didn't no tell kidding. me that. Uh-huh. Vince is flying out now. Yeah. Maybe he'll make the trip. Oh, um, and real quick, I, I don't want to talk about it that much, but we do. Um, go, go to WindyCityComicCon.com. We have new guest announcements. Uh, uh, we released all of our gaming and tournament information. We've got a bunch of social networking links on MySpace and Facebook and Yelp and Twitter and all that good stuff. And, um, oh, last thing is at the Around Comics Forum, uh, we started a thread. It's a sticky that um, uh, for different artists that are going to be guests there that are taking sketch pre-orders. So uh, cool. just go to the Around Comics forum, and if you're looking for uh, uh, something from Jeff Lemire or Chris Moreno or Steve Bryant, Dave Wachter, Pat Wojka, a ton of those guys are all taking sketch pre-orders. So you can go check that out there. Sweet. I wish I could be there, buddy. It's going to be Me a great too. show. Yeah, it's it is. Ne- next year. We'll give you some notice, and uh, and I think this is this is going to be a a great day. But will only uh, be the beginning of of what we hope is going to be a, a a fantastic annual event in Chicago. So, and uh, yeah, the it seems like seems like people in the area are starting to get really excited about it. So, it's uh, it's going to be cool. Excellent. Sweet. So what's everybody, that, what's, what's everybody drinking tonight? All right, let's, let's do it. The drink roll call out of the way, Mr. Wood. I, I know you're drinking. <laughs> He's drinking tears. Uh, I am drinking uh, warm, bitter, yet high alcohol content Jameson Irish whiskey. Very appropriate. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, bitter tears or bitter Irish whiskey, <laughs> whatever works, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. B. What am I drinking? I am drinking, yet again, sorry, a Yingling traditional lager in a traditional aluminum can manufactured by the Rothschilds, as, as we all will be in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Mr. Price. Uh, Jim Beam and Coca-Cola. Ooh, nice. There you go. That's and one of my... Right there, um, instead of Coke, David, try it with RC. The Mega, Mega Marts near me do not have RC. I got to hit a beverage mark. Oh, we'll hit the so, I'm, yep. I'm planning on it, man. Jim Beam, it, actually any whiskey, I I really like. I, I really like it with RC instead of Coke, and, and never Pepsi. Ugh, ugh, way too sweet. Um, for my drink, I am drinking a butt naked. <laughs> wow, drink. <laughs> is that what you're drinking or how you're drinking? Uh, don't you want to know? Yeah, you know it. Or maybe you don't. Tell me more uh, about Boys Town. Uh, <laughs> a butt naked is uh, one ounce of amaretto, one ounce of Southern Comfort, uh, filled with uh, cranberry juice that's all over ice in an old-fashioned glass. And uh, it's got a uh, maraschino cherry and a wedge of lime for the for the garnish. And you can uh, hear all or read all about uh, the butt naked and what uh, comic book recommendation I tie that to at, uh, at ifanboy.com in my comic shots column. Can I guess? Yes. Howard Chaikin's Black Kiss. No. Oh. That is a, it is a recent comic that... Uh, Shannon the She-Devil. No. 
Nope, just just finished up a five issue storyline, and that's all I'll say. Hmm, cool. But, uh, one of my favorite stories that's come out this year. Oh. So there you go. Batman nice. Confidential. <laughs> go, go to, to com and uh, read all about it. That's a good right. a good guess, Mr. Wood. Dunkishin. Very nice guess. So Dunkin. let's slide on into it before we all start crying. What have you guys <laughs> been reading? Reading. Uh, reading. Yeah. Well, let's get this out of the way because I didn't get a chance to read too many comics this week, as you might imagine. <laughs> uh, as I cry myself to sleep. Uh, but I did read. Uh oh. Yeah, what was that about? Wait, Mr. Wood, <laughs> you, you are breaking cool. up faster than a, a multinational corporation. Origato. <laughs> Let's try that again. Me? Yes, but oh, you were. You're falling apart like Lehman Brothers. You were doing all, all Mr. Roboto there. Huh. Okay, should I try it again? You're very clear now, yes. Perfect. So I was very pleased with the first. The sand. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's, don't say the name of whatever book you're trying to say. Let us, let us guess. It, it's, it's my modem, dude. It's, it's, I'm not connected yet because I moved you know, to my new house and I only have this oh, fucking Verizon 33 oh. <laughs> It's one of those you know, wireless cards. It's not. So it's probably All a right. lag. You want to try calling? I'll try not hands? to talk. I'll try not to talk. No, that's not nope. good. Spit you must out. talk. Spit it out. Go. The, the Woodites will be literally... Literally slashing their throats in agony. The Stand. Awesome. Ah, uh, yes. One of the two books I read this week. Me too. <laughs> Wasn't Love it awesome? It. Mm-hmm. Mike Perkins' art. Perkins is the shizzle. He is. Class, Did you read it, I, If I could jump forward to the end of the month when my DCBS box will come, yeah, but no, I, I didn't read it yet. <laughs> I, I, it's, you know, one of the drawbacks, but uh, I, I did see it today at the shop and it looks really really good it does look good. A, a lot better than i could ever have hoped for honestly agreed yeah. the characters look great uh it was very true to the original source material it was great really great start now how many issues is this thing going to run because as, as anybody 30. 30 issues and they're bigger than uh 22 pages uh i would assume yeah it's this is um this is of five, but there's going to be six five-issue limited series that go through the course of the book. Oh, cool. The first one is Captain Trips, so mm-hmm. it's it's basically dealing with uh, uh, the plague. And I guess each each miniseries will be, you know, like a, uh, a major a major break point in the, in the book. So, so, you, mm-hmm. so you figure a five-issue series for the stand, maybe we'll get it up to the end of chapter one? <laughs> that's, a, that's a friggin' huge book. Yeah, it's a tome. It's, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how they'll how they'll go about that. I know that uh, I know that Perkins is really excited about it. I had um, um, talked with him real briefly at uh, Wizard World Chicago this year, and and I told him how much I enjoy his I, how much I had enjoyed his work on Captain America, and and he was like, oh, thanks a lot, but uh, you know that was always he always felt like that was Steve Epstein's book, and he's really excited because he feels like this is artistically his project. He's going to be the only artist on it, and and he's excited about doing you know a thirty issue run on on something that's going to be a pretty high profile project. So it's uh, and the first issue it looked looked awesome. Yeah, yeah, sweet. And uh, another thing, 
when you have a large cast of characters like that, you have to be a crack uh, illustrator because you have to keep the facial features mm-hmm. you know, comparatively the same across pages and panels, and that's not too easy to do, especially with a large cast like The Stand, so more power to him. Oh, he's... He's awesome. He's yeah. It's I'm not worried about that with, um, uh, with Mike stuff. And and what did you feel like the um, the the scripting on it? Because I mean, obviously, it's it's you know the plotting is going to have to be a little bit different than the, than the book and and you know the pacing that kind of stuff. But I really felt like it had a, a nice easy flow to the script and the dialogue was very sharp. It was it was a pretty immersive book. I I mm-hmm. I was I was um, the entire time felt like i was very much in the story so they uh let me see here oh, i don't have it sitting out um do you do you recall who is doing the uh the scripting on it uh isn't it roberto, roberto. yeah uh, yeah yeah yep. yeah i agree with you chris it was um you know the one thing is i don't know how many people are going to read this that aren't huge fans of the book already so someone who i've read the book five six times so i guess it's tough for me to know if you weren't familiar with the story how well it jived but i think reading it having already known what to expect i think they did a great job of staying true to the source material and introducing us to each of the main characters and hitting on you know the major cinematic moments of those first few chapters you know i think a lot of people that uh, that may not have read the book actually watched the the miniseries and that was I watched the miniseries before I ever before I ever read the book, and I I love the miniseries. Yeah, surprisingly good for a Stephen King yeah, adaptation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Sal and I were talking about that today about how, how many Stephen King works have actually been adapted well and and not. And there's, I mean, it actually kind of surprised me how many of them have have turned out pretty well whenever you start thinking about it. Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, Stand By Me. Stand By Me, Misery. Yeah. Oh, Misery was great, yeah. yeah. Misery's probably the best. Um, yeah. Green Mile. Green Mile was good, yeah. And um, it, I thought it was pretty decent, cons- yeah. all things considered. Mm. Well, it was, was a TV miniseries. The... Jimmy Smith and the, Tom, uh, Tommy oh, Sleepwalkers. Oh, Tommy Knockers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About need, needful Knockers. things. Didn't oh, see with that. Um, needful things oh, with Max von Sydow. Um, oh, apt pupil. Yes. Yep. Oh, there mm-hmm. you go. Needful things. Wasn't Ed Harris in that? He may have been. Wait, apt pupil. Wasn't that? Uh, I thought that was um, That's part of different seasons, but they made that into its own movie. Right. Okay. Apt pupil. The, uh, it was Magneto. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, Sir Ian McKellen. Um, yeah. Running Man was not was nothing <laughs> like the short story. Uh, oh, stand no. by me. How about Stand by Me? Let yeah, me talk to Chris, your mother. Chris mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I always I always like Carrie uh, and uh, and I had mentioned uh, to Sal Christine, and he's like, yeah, but doesn't hold up very well so i haven't i haven't seen christine in years so i mean the silver bullet or cycle of the werewolf had its moments but uh i think the book especially with the bernie wrights and spot illustrations was a hell of a lot better than the Corey hay movie yeah mm-hmm. are you guys uh have you all kept up with um uh the um the gunslinger series that hell yeah. got out mm-hmm. it's no uh, i haven't i haven't read 
I, I, I'm going to pick those up in hardcovers. I just I like the presentation there, so I haven't read anything past what actually happened in in the book. So the new stories, but have they Vince? Have they been good? I haven't read the second miniseries. Keeping up, okay. I thought you meant buying. I am yeah. buying them, but I haven't read past the initial Gunslinger miniseries. Because they just started the third miniseries, right? Right, right. Okay, yeah. okay. They, they all look fantastic. As far as how they read uh, everything after the first one, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. That's another thing. Like you said, you, you prefer those in hardcover. I prefer to read those in one shot. Okay. But, yeah, just because of the way it's moments. It's, it's an isolated time frame in the Gunslinger's life, as every miniseries would be. So I like to take them in chunks because you get the whole... And, and the Gunslinger's a novel so i don't know maybe that's what i'm basing it on that I, you get the whole story in one little chunk so yeah i don't know i don't know what i'm trying I, to say but i i read them <laughs> in one big lump can i segue that into something that uh uh we talked about before we started recording that i wanted to, to chit chat about a little bit segue uh the local hardcover came out today and it is Gorgeous. I mean, it is one of the nicest hardcovers I've seen come out in a in a really long time. And that was uh, um, for folks that don't know, that was a really interesting twelve issue series from uh, Brian Wood and uh, Ryan Kelly, right? Mm-hmm. But um, and, and I love the twelve issue series. And this hardcover looks really nice. I want to get it, but I'm just like, I'm actually a little upset by how nice it is because it's cheaper than what the single issues cost. Oh yeah, I hate that when that happens. Mm. Especially for a hardcover. And it's a and not just a hardcover, it is it it is a it's a gorgeous oversized presentation on it. But then I started thinking about it and as much as I you know and I'm gonna get the hardcover because it's that nice and it's only thirty bucks and that's retail so I mean you can probably pick it up at in stock or Amazon for uh, probably about what twenty or something like that yeah right. um, but that series because it was twelve issues that took place I believe over twelve years and that series works so well in single issues and having that time in between issues to kind of give it a break i think really reinforced the passage of time with that so it's something while i really want to get the hardcover and i and i will i still think it's one of those uh kind of like uh, daredevil's born again that needs that time in between chapters to reinforce that passage of time so i think it works better in single issues so, but uh, that was one of those series early on where mm-hmm. I said to myself, "This is really special. I'm not going to buy the singles anymore on this. I'm going to wait till the collected edition." So I have maybe one to three on that, which are all fantastic. But I kind of put it on the back burner, and now I, I have an excuse to go out and get the thing I waited for. It's beautiful. Yeah, you probably you probably made the right decision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> Is that Wood? Are you there, buddy? That's probably David. That, that wasn't me, man. Oh, man. I basically got to blame the Jew. <laughs> it's because it's easy. Yeah, yeah, okay. There you go. I'm going to talk about a little bit of something I read this week that I did not enjoy as mm-hmm. in terms of story, but mm-hmm. in terms of the art, I, I just love it. And it's Marvel's New Exiles. 
Ah. Yeah, I read the whole series to date. I love the characters. I, I, well, that was one of the books that I struggled to drop in my great Marvel purge of 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I pretty much cleaned house, dropped everything across the board. And unfortunately, Exiles was one of them. So I jumped at the chance to pick up the, the slack and, and buy the new series. And I have to say, Tom Grummet is one of my all-time favorite artists. Mm-hmm. I, I I think the guy can do no wrong, and I was talking to the owner of the local shop today, and we were both gushing over Grummet, and he said, "You know what? I wish that Marvel picked up Grummet and put him on Ultimate Spider-Man instead of Stuart Immonen." And I'm thinking, "Oh, what a fit that would be! Tom Grummet on Ultimate Spider-Man, he's perfect. Yeah. He's he's got that bagley feel where, and he's um, he's supposedly fast because he's he's uh, yeah. cranking this. I don't think the guy's ever blown a deadline for as many years as I've been reading his stuff. But See, that that again, would be I'm awesome not, because he'd have worked on the flagship characters for both companies. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. Wouldn't I mean? And you think about it, Tom Grummet is a perfect fit for Ultimate Spider-Man. He was great on Superboy. Yeah. He, he can he can draw a teenager, and he was great on Titans. He yeah yeah that would be that's yeah okay tell your boy that uh, that's a good one. Yo yo, but uh, <laughs> so uh, obviously, in case you didn't know, the series is written by Chris Claremont, who has had a wonderfully productive career, and it has done a lot of great work, a lot of milestones in those years. But unfortunately, New Exiles is not one of them. <laughs> If you know the characters, it's Marvel's "What If" under another name. Every every uh, arc, they'll be in a different part of the multiverse where, say, Sue Storm is the leader of Hydra, and they just like to tweak the the Marvel status quo in new and interesting ways. I'm there for that, but I don't understand how Chris Claremont thought that a man in love with a dragon in a fantasy realm makes for good reading. <laughs> There, there's a three-issue arc, I think, where they stumble upon this weird amalgamation of a medieval-type society, but they have technology, and the prince is in love with a dragon. That's the whole story. And it's just, I'm reading it thinking, I, I have absolutely nothing invested in this story. I don't care at all. And it wasn't drawn by Grummet either. It was um, Roberto Castro. And it's it's really nice. He draws a sexy kitty. There's there's a kitty pride in this, but uh, her name is Cat Pride, and we don't know what Earth she's from. You know, Claremont always has to get the kitty in there somehow. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it, 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 no, it's a beautiful book to look at, and I like the character. Sage is a really compelling character, and they draw her very sexy, which is awesome. Morph is cool, who is now Proteus, but or he doesn't know he's Proteus yet, but he will. Uh, it's fun. It's it's. Uh, I, I like the fact that I never know what's going to come next, but I'm going to keep reading it just because Grummet's on it. Because I will buy anything with that name on it. But I don't know. I just I, I can't fathom how Chris Claremont thinks a lot of these storylines are, are interesting because they're just not. It's it's a downer, and and I and I don't want to poop on a Marvel book so soon after praising one last week, but yeah, think twice. Uh, great Michael Golden covers, and there's an even an Alan Davis cover, and and Mister Farmer did did a cover mm-hmm. um, one or two issues back. So yep. presentation wise, it's beautiful. It's just lacking in storytelling. Damn, I, uh, I don't want to re- 
report that. Oh, let's, so let's. All right, Exiles not so hot. Cable loved it. Are you are you caught up, or did you not yeah. get the fifth issue? No, I'm caught. I read. Well, let's just say I read the fifth issue. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and I will buy it when I find it. I, so I read it, and the Jones I got from seeing Sam Guthrie. Mm-hmm. Was so cool. Sam's yeah. all all hippied out and buff, and he's <laughs> saving Cable's ass. That was mm-hmm. awesome. But I, and I said this thing this to Pat Lake on the forums. I I didn't like Bishop going into it. At I didn't like Bishop at all. I like him even less now. Yeah, he's he's a he's a prick. And and uh, to Pat's credit, he says uh, Bishop really hasn't been all that great since he lost the mullet. Uh, it's Same here. it's uh, <laughs> um, I I think I, I think that's one reason why Olivetti was tapped to draw this so he could draw that one super giant arm on Bishop. <laughs> that's so out of proportion from everything else on his body. But remember, uh, he did steal it from Ford, so it's yes, not exactly did. like he was fitted for it. Yes. He probably took yes. any because remember that one scene where they they show the arms and it's like you know tracking arm yes. or maintenance arm and then it says nuclear powered battle arm or something so obviously you take that one maybe it wasn't his size. You need to read the Forge story in the Divided We Stand anthology in the second book because right. there's about five or eight pages where. Um, Sorry, uh, we had to get Mr. Wood back here, and I'll add him to the conference as soon as I can. Sorry, David, continue. That's okay. There's about five or eight pages where um, where it's it's a forge story, and it's uh, it picks up right after where uh, where Bishop ransacked Forge's shop and and made off with the arm. Oh, that's cool. And it's it's written by Dwayne Straczynski, and it is art by Chris Burnham. Nice. Yeah, nice. it looks good. I know we talked about it a little last week. The baby didn't bother me at all. What? It, she did. It, it, I, it didn't bother me because the story was so compelling to me. Yeah, she was. She's just the background at that point. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're getting caught up in what's going on between Bishop and Cable, then yeah, you know. But like Wood says, you know, in one in one scene, he's got her. He, he's got the baby strapped in front of him, and yeah. she's like, you know, her legs are almost touching the ground. And then in the other, he's got her in the palm of his hand. Well, he she does change size a little bit, but is that integral to the story? I don't think so. I fixated. More it needs to have consistency. No, there's, there's, there's things that aren't... Listen, it doesn't have to be integral to the story. It doesn't have to hinge anything on it. But oh. it'd be nice if, if, if it's visually consistent. That's my thing. But baby, if, if my eyes are going across the page, I'd like to be able to say... It's like, it's, who saw... Um, all right, just I'm going to get you, sucker. Where, where, I said, where, yeah. where the, you know, so the stunt man comes in, and instead of being at the black woman, it's like some Puerto Rican dude with a mustache, and he cleans house, and then it's the mother again. Did you say, I'm going to get you, sucker? Come no, on. I said, sucker. Sucker, come on. Yes, my home brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I mean, but when, when your eye scans that page, and you fall on that little image, it doesn't say baby to you? It doesn't matter if it's obviously unless if it looked like Dumbo strapped to his chest, then yeah, you'd say, "Holy shit, that baby needs to cut back on the formula." But it's it's his baby to me. Look, it's a baby. It's the worst X book out there right now. No, it is Uh, not. Maybe maybe the worst looking, but let's not get carried away. Olivetti, worst fucking bar would. Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. So. Who poked him with the stick? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just saying. Uh, I, I, Deadpool, though? Trade. Right. Deadpool? Trade. Well, I can't. I, I think your modem's acting up again. <laughs> he heard you. 
Um, no, it's it's compelling. It's got I I love cable, so there I'm fifty percent in the door. As soon as you see a cable, Olivetti, brilliant. He does brilliant work. It's lush. The colors are gorgeous. It's and he has oh, nothing to do with the colors, does he? Yeah, he colors it. It, oh, says, yeah. it, it says art by Ariel Olivetti. So yeah. you you have a little bit of X history in there with Sam Guthrie coming in. You have future and X how, histories. It's fun. And, and, and that's the thing. How cool is it that homeboy can't jump back? Yeah, that would help, wouldn't it? It, it would help. But yeah, right. it's it's a neat twist. I I do enjoy the book. Yeah, I I will never forgive Bishop for what he did. As if anyone cares about, you know, how I feel about freaking Bishop. For for what he did in that one issue, and in case you didn't read it, I won't say, I, I'll never forgive the guy. He is on my shit list forever now. Hi, guys. This is Joe Quesada. Uh I just wanted to call in to tell you guys that I love the show. Uh, was a cool guy. Dave was one of my favorites because his Marvel podcast is better than ours. And uh, I know Chris hates freedom. And I love his fanboy. I his high fanboy column. I love you guys. But I'm really calling because of Vince. You see, I listened to uh, Bullpen Bulletin's episode 21 last week, and I gotta say, welcome back to the fold, Vince. I'll talk to you later. But the thing I'm most jazzed about this week, if you're a fan of the Star Wars, as I'm sure we all are, yeah, we all Star Wars fans. <laughs> well, episodes four, five, and six, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, as long as you're in the galaxy. Mm -hmm. uh, this, yesterday, the Force Unleashed game came out. So, in honor of that, I got a little bit caught up on my Star Wars reading, and I read Dark Horse's tie-in graphic novel of the Force Unleashed. Does the graphic novel tie into any of the Star Wars continuity or history from their other books, or is this just a standalone related to the game? No, it ties in big time to the Star wow. Wars. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very important game, and it's a very important graphic novel because, unknown to everyone, between Episode 3 and Episode 4, Vader took an apprentice. Ah. Yes, and his name is Starkiller. And I didn't know this, but Marty told me Starkiller was the original name, the original surname yeah, for, for Luke. Luke. I did not know that. Yeah, I think I heard that years ago, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, let me get the credits here just so we know who to blame. Uh, the script was done by Hayden Blackman with art by Brian Ching Bongdazo. How cool of a name is that? What's your name? Bongdazo. Uh, and Wayne, Wayne Nichols with colors by Michael Atia. Hope I got that right. Letters by Michael Heisler. The there's a lot of really cool concepts in here. Vader is tracking down, at the behest of the Emperor, tracking down Jedi. And he goes to f uh, Kashyyyk. And do we know what beings live on Kashyyyk? Uh, the Wookiees, right? There you go, the Wookiees. So he goes to the Wookiee planet to capture, to kill this Jedi, and in the process, uncovers this Jedi's son, who also is developing Jedi powers. He actually pulls the lightsaber out of Vader's hand using the Force as a kid. So the kid's got some serious mojo working, and Vader takes him and trains him under the guise of using him someday to overthrow the empire, or so he uh, the emperor, or so he says. So he cooks up a bunch of plans to rid the galaxy of the infernal Jedi using this kid, and he gives the kid a droid. But instead of the traditional sidekick Star Wars droid, 
you know, the protocol droid like C-3PO are just companions. This kid's droid is programmed to kill him at every opportunity. Yeah, so he can so he can bulk up on his training and get better. And so it's uh, like Kato droid. Right, it's like the like Clouseau, right? It, mm-hmm. And the, the he'll be fixing you know his ship or, or doing some kind K- of maintenance. Kato D two. And the the droid will come out of nowhere and try and take him out. I think the droid's name is Proxy, which is is kind of a cool name. So. Vader sends the kid on a bunch of missions, obviously, to Kashyyyk, uh, to Felucia, which is the, uh, the planet with Shakti, the Jedi Master. You, you know, she's got the black and white tendrils from her head, real hot. Um, and this, the, the book is just... No, she is. She's very hot for a Jedi. And <laughs> Jedi. Not only... It scares, it scares me when Vince says tentacles and hot. Well, tendrils, you know. We're not going to get into into any uh, anime here, but Yowie. not only is this book important because it reveals a uh, uh, heretofore lost chapter in the annals of Star Wars history, you get to see the beginnings of the rebellion in this book. That's and, cool. And who starts the rebellion and for what reason, and you even get a little glimpse as to why they chose that uh, Thunderbird, or not Thunderbird, the, the Phoenix symbol of the rebellion. There's there's a, a significant incident in this book that leads them to choose that that symbol. So if you're a Star Wars fan, this book is the bomb. It's as, you have a, a a Mon Mothma appearance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Here get excited. And a Senator Organa, aka Jimmy Smith, makes an yep. appearance in this too. And Leia is in Ad, it. Ad, of course. Admiral Ackbar. No, it's a trap. No, it's but, a trap. <laughs> But what what was I going to say till you guys derailed me? Oh, as with everything Dark Horse Star Wars, it looks beautiful. But if you're not a fan of colored pencils, I don't know how you're going to res- warm up to this book. Like Brian Ching, who worked on Shadows of uh, Knights of the Old Republic, they color his pencils. He's got a very lush style that he, he, he renders the lines dark enough where, God, Dave, Dave Wachter is going to kill me. You don't need an inker for his work because he, he does a... a Dave nice is going to kill you. Dallin's going to kill you. I, I judge every work by the way it looks on the page, and this work looks fine without the ink. Okay. The, the pencils are dark enough to hold the images together, and he also goes in and does some very nice gradations. So when you slap a color over it, it, it looks natural. It looks like the gradations oh, okay. are, are, are from the color. All right. Not every, not every piece of of art has to be has to be inked. I, I tell you what, I would rather see I'd rather see um, pencils gone over with color than someone just taking a a penciled page and scanning it into Photoshop and messing with the with the contrast and trying to make it look inked when it's not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Whatever works, and this this art works. Because there's three different artists working on this, there's a noticeable difference between segments in the book. It's very obvious that, oops, you know, somebody else is drawing this page as opposed to the last page. But it doesn't hinder your enjoyment of it because they were smart enough to put a different artist on different segments of the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it works. And even cooler, get this, there's a Jedi Master who 
his uh, Jedi Master Coda, who did not warm up to the clones. So when they dropped Order 66 on their asses and killed all the Jedis, he didn't have any, any clones in his, in his company, so he survived. So Vader sends the uh, Starkiller out to, to kill him, ends up not killing him, and that guy's integral to the re- rebellion. It's really cool graphic novel. I liked it a lot. That's and cool. oddly enough, there are hints within the narrative to help you out in the game. Oh, yeah, because I, I bought the game this week too. <laughs> what platform? Xbox. I was going to get it for the Wii because mm-hmm. what's cooler than using the Wii Mote as a lightsaber? But I, good old Dan said uh, it's not all that, so I I went with the upscale graphics of the Xbox. So far, eh, it's an okay game. It's mostly picking up shit and throwing it around with the force. You know? <laughs> I, I'm on a, a part of the game where you have to destroy a squadron of TIE fighters with whatever's around you, and it's freaking difficult as hell. But uh, So, yeah, I dumped a lot of money into Star Wars this week. <laughs> but I do love it. I love the Star Wars. George, George appreciates all the help you can get. Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. unlike a lot of Star Wars tie-ins, this one is actually well-conceived. It makes sense. It's it's a very crucial part in the narrative, and we get to learn something about the uh, rebellion we did not know before. Well, I didn't know, so I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan in the universe. I love it, but there are people who know the history inside and out. That's not me. I I think the graphic novel is really sharp, well worth it too. It's only it's 128 pages, and it's only like 15.95. So how could you go wrong? You have, have to pick that up. That's yeah, I liked it. That sounds real good. Well, I was telling you guys what I uh, what I was uh, watching before we recorded tonight. Does and, and Wood, you weren't you weren't here for this, but um, does anyone watch Jetix on on Wednesday nights? No, it's no. the '90s Spider-Man and I, I believe X-Men on right before that. Then Iron Man, the old Iron Man cartoon, um, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and Ooh. then the incredible and then the Incredible Hulk. So oh. it's like, it's like it's like two and a half three hours of of Marvel cartoons from the eighties uh, and nineties. Cool. I was awesome. out of my Wonder Years when Spidey and His Amazing Friends came out, but Firestar still gave me a little chubby. Oh Christ, Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, she was basically naked. The yellow could have been. Yeah, finished, you know? you're right. You're right. I love that that character actually made. Its way into the comics, and yes, it oh, yeah. was. It mm-hmm. was. I mean, she was created for that for that TV show. Mm-hmm. So she hasn't come back since she uh, hung up her boots, right? In Civil right. War, and, uh, no, the uh, in the Ultimate Universe, I believe she's. Uh, of course, she's she still active, but uh, well, yeah, because Bendis made an issue of Ultimate Spider-Man with Spidey and his amazing friends. But yeah, I don't oh. think she's uh, she's come back after that. I guess was it. A frontline issue where she was talking yeah. to the great Sally Floyd. Yeah, she goes by the name Fire Bush now. <laughs> nice. Fire Cross. Lindsay Lohan's going to play her. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's you know I never really watched the the Incredible Hulk cartoon. It, it looks pretty. It looks pretty good. Okay. I mean it's it's very it's very eighties, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they've got uh, they've got the Fantastic Four crossover on right now with uh, with She Hulk and. Uh, I'm and glad actually, we have Chris's undivided attention. 
Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just saying it's 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 kind of cool. It it's bring brings back a lot of good uh, childhood memories watching uh you know watching those those 80s and 90s Marvel cartoons. They they really did the the animated awesome at, at the time. I think that DC has has passed them up on on the animated front here in the last uh you know what 10 years or so. It was kind of well, when you have Bruce Tim on your payroll, it's kind of hard not to. Yeah. Exactly, but man, in the eighties, Marvel was Marvel was the king, mm-hmm. and and then they took absolutely took over with Spider Man and uh, and X Men in the nineties. So you you give me a call if they ever show the Silver Surfer cartoon. Okay, I will. Have, have you ever seen that? No. Oh, did the they surf- just take like still panels from like John Buscema books? <laughs> no, the, the the Surfer cartoon had three D animation in it and everything. It was really wow. good. I, I don't think it lasted more than two seasons. I could be wrong. I, I'm sure Darth Kramer would know. But uh, everybody was in that cartoon. Go, of course, Galactus, Ego, uh, just the Skrulls were in it. I know it's a dirty word right now, but it was a really cool cartoon. And the animation was very good for the time. Very good. Super Skrull, all that. All the good cosmic stuff. Clerk. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Mr. Wood, should we risk talking to you again? Because I just want to hear your, your, your dulcet tones. <laughs> Probably not. Every time I talk, I get bounced. But I will say that most of my comics are packed up because we just moved. I took a few trades to read, and I'm enjoying the Buffy current series so much that I had picked up the first uh, Omnibus from the old, I guess, what is it, Dark Horse series? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, it came out, I guess, I don't know when it came came out but i guess a few years ago um, no, no they, a, they just they just started last year wood they they've been rapid firing them so probably within the last year that they started coming out no yeah, but i mean no, the, the, series. the oh, series oh, the, oh yeah 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 <laughs> but, but i read it cover to cover um over the weekend and i had heard from people to not expect as as much from it as as the uh the current series, but I have to tell you, I thought it was fantastic. I thought the art was spot on. All the characters looked exactly like the television characters. Um, I thought it was cool that it filled in gaps from Buffy season one that we never learned on the TV show. I mean, it explained Giles is becoming the Watcher, how he was the Ripper. It explained, you know, what happened between Buffy's you know initial incarnation in the movie and what happened <laughs> between then and, and and going to Sunny Sunnyvale? So I thought it was it was terrific. So much so that I'm gonna definitely order up the next you know two or three on to buy and uh, and give it a read. I was quite pleasantly surprised with how how much fun it was to read. I mean, if you're at all a fan of the Buffy TV show, I, I think I have a feeling that 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 the entire run is probably worth reading. Um, I was a fan of this show until they did that. Musical episode. I love that episode. Oh, I, yeah, I, well, I know it's, it's one episode, Vance. No, no, no. I was I was not digging it for a while, but then that was just a nail in the coffin. I know oh, it's gosh. I know it's highly regarded and everything, and they geek out over it all the time. I th- it was I thought it was just horrendous, but that's just me. <laughs> I do love Firefly, so it's not a Joss Whedon thing. It's just I. I don't okay. Like, Whoa. That was. You know, it's like you felt a little guilty there for something. I, I do it's, because it's all right. Whedon is a very smart man. He does great stuff, but Buffy just does not click with me. What to, for uh, for fans of the Goon? You should check out those uh, Buffy Omnibi because you can see some really nice Eric Powell art because he did some Buffy stuff. Very cool. There's like yeah, s- five or six of them. Yeah. 
Uh, they're up to, is it four now? Four or five. Yeah, that's a lot of Buffy. Yeah, well, they're doing it, and this is the weird thing, is that they're not doing them um, um, in, in order of release because there were a lot of stories that that came out later that take place at earlier times so they're kind of doing a a a chronological thing with it as far as like you know how in in order of continuity so like the first the first omnibus has a mini series or two that take play and that were kind of like shoehorned in so that they're trying to do it in in that way instead of like you know one through whatever does that make any sense yeah mm-hmm. okay so sure. yeah it's it's yeah they're they're kind of trying to do it in the time that these stories took place so there's some um spike and drusilla stories that um uh, you mm-hmm. know are kind yeah, of like were. flashback stuff which were really good this some of my favorite stories well, I have a question because um, it sounds like you know a lot about this, Chris. Um, I was surprised that Dawn was in it from the start. Um, yep. So I assume they started making these these comics, I guess, obviously after Dawn was retconned into the the, sh- the TV show, and they nope. just treated it as no. <laughs> no, no, that's that's exactly what they what they've done in the the omnibus is that you're getting stories with Dawn in them that were made after the character was was put into the show but mm-hmm. for the omnibus they've taken stories and like retcon stories and put them in the omnibus oh, okay. so it reads as she has been there the entire time but those stories actually um were written after you know after she came into the show oh. well it worked and they had been doing the comics for quite a while going to say uh, at the next wild pig sale i'm definitely zeroing in on on those hope hope hopefully i'll be able to grab the rest of them because uh yeah it was great it was great stuff I'm really really surprised makes me want to check out like the angel series and the fray series too because oh. i didn't really read any of that stuff and uh, <laughs> you can't hear me um, no Ray, yeah, i can yeah. hear you <laughs> oh, fray fray is really good the angel stuff has been really pretty hit or miss for me the the mm. the series that's going on right now um but i you know i think that Whedon has um you know obviously he loves comics writes comics he wrote a lot of the buffy stuff and or has kind of always supervised it so it fits into the continuity of the show and it it, it you learn a lot more about what was going on they're able to really kind of dive into stuff um but yeah Whedon Whedon was very involved in in all the comic adaptations so two two questions mm-hmm. is Don the Michelle Trachtenberg character yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mommy and uh, <laughs> she's like ten. I don't care. You well, no, she's not ten. She's bastard. older than that. And uh, two or B, you dropped Wishblade and you buy Angel. Oh snap! <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I know. I I I stopped buying Angel. Okay. I, I was I wasn't digging on it. All right. You you need to buy Witchblade again. <laughs> I, I I know. I know. I'm buying I, that. I've read, I've read like. I read two comics this week. <laughs> I'm just like I can't buy any. I'm like a month behind. Witchblade rules. Uh, I know. That's all I'm gonna say. It is freaking fantastic. I want to give Marvel a little pat on the back again because wow. I, as much as I love DC, oh. I know as much as I love DC, it 
it totally boggles my mind why they are not mimicking Marvel because we all know both companies cannibalize each other to a certain extent on trends and marketing and various storylines and stuff. Why the hell isn't DC adopting the Marvel must-have formula like they've been doing with Civil War and now they're going to be doing it with Brand New Day? Two issues of Brand New Day for three ninety nine to get new people to come into the to, to read the series. That's brilliant. Why is DC not doing that? Uh, what title would they do it with? JLA or maybe Brave and the Bold or those would be good. Those would be yeah, um, Blue shit. Beetle, Brave and the Bold. Oh, that's too much to expect. I know it is. When you say what title would they do? Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, there you go. Awesome, David. Woo-hoo. I, I, Outsiders I, I, and Teen Titans. I just mm. oh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I just don't understand why they don't take the initiative. They see something that's working for Marvel. Obviously, it's working because Marvel keeps putting them out. Aren't they doing it with the Hulk too? No, they, they, did, they with, were doing it with World War Hulk. Oh, but that's they, a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. They and, had and the you, uh, the World War Hulk Chronicles, which I think just wrapped up or will be wrapping up. Um, yeah, but they did it with. Uh, Civil War to doing it with World War Hulk, and I don't know what the... Oh, the next one will probably be Secret Invasion with the front line and everything else. Yeah, it's a good deal. Two comics for three ninety nine These days, come on. DC, get on the ball. How about Batman and Detective? Especially Batman. Ooh, that'll be t- that, that's kind of what I was thinking when I asked you that. Be, that's that, that's, that's a that's, gang. Yeah, that's tough with more, with what Morrison's doing right now. I think there should be an unspoken rule. If you have to go back to press on any issue, you should adopt the Marvel must-have format and give them two for the price of one. They're going to buy the reprint anyway. Get them invested in the series. Don't you think that's a good idea? Or at least, uh, at least if you don't, don't if all you don't jump do, up at once. No, but if if, if you don't do two <laughs> issues, then then at least do a backup. Put some reprint material in there to maybe reference why this book was so sought after yeah maybe a couple of handbook pages or or who's who that's another thing DC oh needs to that's do. not don't even don't we need don't another who's who begging i'd love it that was my favorite encyclopedia i you know i love the who's who and the official marvel handbooks but i mean it's an internet world i if i need a oh yeah they're dated as soon as they go yeah. to print but you can't take the internet to bed with you Mm-hmm, that's right. I got a laptop. I got a laptop, bitch. dude. Palm tops, <laughs> well, PDA. I've been buying the. Uh, I've been buying the the new Marvel uh, deluxe hardcover of Hot Moves every uh, every other month when they come out. Man, got to buy them all. Love them. How many issues are uh, do they they contain? Well, it's not done that way. It's 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 done. It'll it's it's going to be A through Z when it's done. In other words, they took all of the all of the Ohat moves and all of the um, the atlases and the the specialty um, handbooks over the last four years, and then they put them all together, and then they updated them um, oh, as of press time. No, they're they're awesome. Well, that's a really good idea. That's when I that's when I fell in love with Walt Simonson as a kid <laughs> was in in the Marvel handbooks. Yep, they were awesome. <laughs> And DC He's needs to do the same. How many people have questions on Sinestro Core War? Who is this? What is this person doing here? What is uh, Kalu? Why is this uh, Green Lantern feared? All you need is a freaking they put handbook. Out a, well, no, they did. Yeah. They put out one for that. Yeah, they put a secret files out. 
which was little, yeah. maybe a paragraph for each one. Do it upright mm-hmm. and put out a freaking handbook. Well, you know how I feel about that was kind of what they did with Planet Hulk, and and you, I think you saw it with uh, Annihilation and all that. Is put that in the hardcovers for yeah. whatever series it's um, it, it works with. I I really like that because that that was one of the cooler things about all of the Annihilation hardcovers is that you had all of the all of the files on different species or different characters and i mm-hmm. thought that was a lot of fun yeah the gladiator guidebook for uh planet uh-huh. no it was one i, I keep I know. on this I know. it was one of the single best comics i have ever bought it it added so much to that storyline that mm-hmm. without it i i don't think i would have enjoyed planet hulk as much i i'm in fact i'm i'm certain i wouldn't have you ain't lying yeah you know, hire an intern. How many people, how many comic geeks would give their right nut to go into Marvel a couple hours a week and just compile all this information for publication? That mm-hmm. would be perfect. No, well, not Marvel, DC. Hire they do it kid. for free, too. You know, they I would know. just to get credit and on the resume. I did. That's right. DC, please do it. You need a guidebook for Legion, yes? <laughs> Hell yes, yeah. Which, in, which, which incarnation? All of them. Oh. Well, after <laughs> Legion of Three Worlds, we we may have a a new Legion. A, an has it, has it, Legion. Say, I, that's the has problem it been with a month? That, is that they're they're good for like six months? That's cool. It, it, has it, the, it, it's uh, it's a cash flow. They're good for six months. Update it and sell another version in another six months. Obviously, it's not going to be a huge seller, but it will sell. And it's only text. You can cobble images together from works that were already published. You can do it up. It's easy. Marvel's been making money on handbooks for years. I don't know. The Elliot dumb. Brown, baby. Big dumb DC. They're dumb. Oh, so what is wrong with you? No, uh, I love... I, because I want to see them succeed. I, I want to see DC do better. They're my, they're my company, man. It's Have the pod people come to visit no, you? No, they haven't. No, it's the let's... You know what? It's tough love. I yell at my daughter and call her fat and ugly. But oh my god! It just it just makes the children do better, and that's what I want for DC. They strive to please daddy. Come on! I'm, I'm expecting like Example like three like three o'clock in the morning. Vince is Vince is going to be you know on my doorstep all the way from Pennsylvania to Chicago. Be like, Chris, one of us. DC sucks. No, I, you'll, you'll never hear that out of my mouth. No, no nobody <laughs> sucks. Nobody sucks. You're right. Pat Wake approved that. It's all comics, and it's all mm-hmm. good, except for but mm-hmm. it, yeah, except for manga. I don't think so. I love manga. <laughs> let's not let's not go there. What else we got to talk about? Bowie for Yowie. Oh shit. No, that's one genre that totally mystifies me those <laughs> look like david bowie in a in a black hole they're all stretched out and pretty and they got huge fingers i just don't get it i, I don't get what's so attractive about yaoi uh, creepy it's creepy but anyway hey 11 o'clock comics it's tom morris calling again so i must say a lot of the past couple of shows and uh, I think, you know, things are going great. Now, uh, of course, I'm calling from Knoxville, current home of the highest gas prices in the country. We hit five bucks a gallon on Monday. But anyway, I th- what I'm kind of curious is uh, something that 
probably get discussed more in the forums, but if you guys hear this ahead of time, maybe we can talk about this. Looking back on the speculation period, I guess, of the late 80s, early 90s, you know, I was going through my own box, uh, some of my own box, and just look at some of the uh, issues, and I saw some of the price tags on some of the bags had still been left on, and I realized, in some cases, I really got screwed. I, I spent one case, $90 on New Mutants 87, which was, of course, the first appearance of Cable. Pretty groundbreaking. But, of course, I bought it in, like, 94... So by this point, Cable's already got his own series. He's already been confirmed as, you know, the son of Cyclops. But what I always find interesting is, like, what did ever, what was everybody else's hall of shame when it came, uh, shame of uh, speculation overspending? Like, what did, what was, like, the book or the storyline that you you shelled the most to a collector or that you regret in the long run, especially when the speculation market died? And uh, also another thing I was curious is, like, uh, going back to the whole Hall of Shame idea, what are some of the characters or storylines in the past that you would consider definitely Hall of Shame for for comics in general? I mean, obviously, Philippa Dippa shouldn't belong in the Hall of Shame, but there's quite a few events or storylines or even characters that are, just, that are definitely Hall of Shame level. You know, I could think of the, quite a few Spider-Man villains and Captain America villains. I know uh, Superman and Batman had their fair share. Film freak. <laughs> Probably being my favorite so much that you know the uh, the uh, the beginning of Nightfall was the death of Film Freak in which no one cared. But anyway, uh, I hope the show goes great, and uh, I'll keep listening, and uh, we'll see you guys on the forum. Did anyone read Air from Vertigo? Yeah. You didn't like it. <laughs> no. What, what about the? <laughs> okay, so I guess we're not gonna. What What about the book? Turned you uh, away? Turned you off? Um, I thought it was extremely confusing. That um, there, I thought the use of flashback was a good idea, but the execution on it was um, pretty terrible. Um, wow, it's amazing. I mean, I mean no. Were, were you Were you able to keep up with the flashbacks? Yeah, and, and you, you seriously, you were able to follow that story. In, in, There's not really much to follow. It's it's it was pretty uh, pretty cut and dried. I, I didn't think it was anything confusing about it. There, there had to be at least six shifts in time. No, that there, yeah, go back and read it. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to grab it right here and let's give credit <laughs> where it is due. It is written by G. Willow Wilson. And drawn by M.K. Perker. I First really, I really liked her uh, graphic novel Cairo or uh, uh, Cairo. Sorry, Cairo is how we say it in Southern Illinois. Um, she did uh, uh, an OGN called um, Cairo, which was really good. This just didn't grab me. I don't see too many flashbacks in here. I don't. I... There's like six of them. It, you've been smoking some. Some wacky weed, buddy, because I don't see them. Well, maybe exactly. The first couple of pages. You don't you don't see them because there's nothing that clues you in to what time frame there is, and so there's yeah, it's like pretty, it's pretty linear, Chris. There's really not a lot of time no, jumping. It's not. There's a lot of time jumping in it. I'll go well, back I, and read it. We will we will compare notes because there is a lot of time jumps back and forth. It's, I don't know. You must have been sleepy again. No. Because, uh, I, 
I don't see a lot of times of. All right, let, let's just exactly. Try and focus. You don't see them, but they're because there. they're not. They're not there. How, yes, what about they the are. art? Did you like the art? Yeah, I thought it was very pretty. Book. I thought it was very clean, very well rendered. I mm-hmm. uh, I I like the lead character. I can warm up to her. I think she's a little firecracker. I'm interested to see what the hell is going on with this organization that's that tried to commandeer the plane for their personal use. I don't know. I'm I'm I I'm invested in this book. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah. You tell me about it. At the second that she came out today, I was. Like, and and she's hot. I wonder if she's a member of the Mile High Club. I think. <laughs> I I think she will be by the end of the book. Well, that's what I'm waiting for. There you go. Very nice cover design too. Yeah, yeah. I, I had I had really high hopes for that book, and and honestly, was a little little let down. Wow, I was not. So we're we're and I was saying before, it's amazing how two people of like mind. We usually meet on oh, yeah. on on ev- pretty much everything except manga, but uh, it's it's odd that we could divert like this. Yeah. Oh well, but, diverge, whatever. Yeah. That that's honestly one that may work better in a trade, and I can see that happening. But yeah, the the first issue kind of it just didn't feel. You know, it's kind of like we were talking about with The Stand earlier, how I was able to become totally immersed in the story and everything just seemed to work from art to plot to dialogue and, and scripting. It just seemed so, so fluid and immersive. I tried to do that with Air, and it's like every time I tried to get into the story, it just wouldn't let me. And, hmm. um, you know, that's... You know, I know I'm that. giving you a weapon here to use against me, but... Did it feel like a larger size issue to you? Because I felt there was a hell of a lot of story in this issue. And I know you're going to say that because it was effing tedious. No, I I felt like it was... I feel like the book is going to be a big concept book Mm -hmm. that I... Okay, this is something that happens in comics a lot, especially in, in modern comics now with the Hollywood and, you know, TV and movie influence is that you get people that, that write and draw comics, but they don't necessarily use the medium to their advantage. And I felt like air has some really big concepts to it, but I don't feel like they're taking advantage of what you can do in comics. If you're going to have a flashback scene, you know what? You can do some very basic things like, color palette changes or you know just different different ways to present the art to show that it's a flashback you know what i mean i got you subtlety you're looking for a little bit of subtlety within the no, art form no no okay. i'm i'm looking not not subtlety as much as you know you have this amazing this amazing medium there use it oh, it's, yeah, you want, you want a roadmap no, I I want people I want people to. I just bust in your balls. I, I want you I, no, so, and I think this is a problem that 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 happens in comics a lot. Is that is that there are opportunities to use the printed page in ways that will m- more easily right. be able to tell your story or enhance the storytelling. Okay. And and it, it's it's all right there, and people don't take advantage of it. Honestly, I must have been like out of it when I read it because I don't remember all those flashbacks. I'm going to read it again. Let's do this. We'll set up a meet, meet and talk about it for next week. Let's both reread air and then we'll talk about it for five minutes next week. All How right. about that? Sounds good. Sounds yes. good. But even for Vertigo, it's pushing it. Don't really? you think? 
Well, yeah, I don't mean in, in, in terms of violence or sexuality. Conceptually, I don't see where the book is going. I, I don't see um, a huge draw for this title. It's very good. It, it, it captured my attention, but it's not a fables or a, say, a DMZ or something like that where it's it's uh, has the potential for an extended narrative. It just seems like it's there's something missing and it's yes it's only the first issue so maybe we'll get more of i'm sure we'll get more of it as the series progresses but right now it doesn't seem to have that that built-in yeah. series potential it's, it's not house of mystery right right yeah, and, and honestly with with <laughs> oops oh damn yeah, i was gonna say talking. real quick is that is that with all of the the single issue struggles that Vertigo has been going through, and how it really does seem like they they've got a concerted effort to go to trade and go to original graphic novels and that kind of stuff, I'm pretty shocked that that this series is is being made. Honestly, yeah, it's a head scratcher. It really is. Yeah. yeah. So maybe yeah. maybe they they thought that the the whole airline travel connection to Lost would perk up a couple of new readers. Uh, the attention of new readers, but I, I don't know. I, I Man, liked it. I really it, did. It, it looked it looked really nice, and it got me to buy the first issue. It just it didn't have the hook that I was looking for. Okay. But check That's but fair. check check out um, Cairo. I I really did like that. When did uh, when did Air come out? Last month. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And it, um, issue issue two came out today. Oh, it did. Excellent. I have something to look forward to in my box. Is the uh, is the second issue of Legion of Three Worlds delayed, or is it on schedule? Because it, it feels like it's been more than a month since the first issue was out. Did I miss it? No, it didn't come out yet. Okay. I, I don't know if I it's delayed. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe next week. That's a, it, if it is, it's going to be worth the wait. Yeah. Look who's drawing. Uh, I, don't, I don't doubt it. I just, there oh, must, there must, oh, oh, no, there, there must be a hell of a lot of buttons to, to draw. Oh, shit. <laughs> a lot of light switches. Uh, oh, the guy puts poor. a lot of effort into his work. I'll give him that. <laughs> and I'm I'm warming up to him too. I I was revisiting a bunch of Avengers issues as I'm going through mm. my boxes. I, I I still don't understand the logic behind drawing every one of Scarlet Witch's hairs. <laughs> I, I wait, just wait a second. How how far back are we talking about Avengers? We're talking about the Busiek run, her yeah, return. Run. Oh, okay. All right. I was yeah. I was thinking of further back. Very pretty. But there's a lot of things in there. You just got to wonder, like George, you could have been on page two, but you're on one, drawing every single hair. It's just, man, that's just that's just Perez, man. I know, you know I know. Poor, poor Scott Koblish. I know. <laughs> that's that. That would be like oh, a dream job for an anchor. But then he's like, oh fuck, it's George Perez. Yeah, like yeah. that's got to be so bittersweet. Yep, yep. yep. Got got to got to break out the fine point pens on this one. Uh, that's cool. I, you know, I, I grew up on, I grew up on Perez, Perez, whatever, however you want to say it. Um, probably the biggest reason I, I read Titans whenever I was a kid. If it, if it wasn't for his art, I probably never would have read Titans. Ooh. It's just the age I was. He was, and the, uh, David, you probably might agree with me you know i grew up uh x-men fan and Byrne and claremont were my creative team that i the first one that i fell in love with and john Byrne was like my artist like most kids my age 
the, it was like if John Byrne did it, you, you were you were tracking it down and buying it. I always thought of of Perez as the DC version of Byrne. Yep, yep, agree mm-hmm. completely. It, it's it's true, and that's why I got a little excited when I found an issue of Avengers, which. Um, had Vision and Scarlet Witch on the cover. They were going to Wondagore. You had um, a Perez-drawn cover, and inside was was penciled by Byrne. But then you had uh, what, like what, geek overload. It really oh, was. Yeah. It was a geekasm. But then uh, I was I, I couldn't believe. I mean, I found out about Perez's Marvel work after I got into the New Teen Titans. But then you had. Um, then when you had 85, 86, and Byrne, it was, it was thanks to Amazing Heroes, we found out that Byrne was coming to Superman. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I was like, it was like Marvel didn't have anybody that could have come close to the output or, or the work that Byrne was doing to my eyes back then. But uh, I know exactly what Chris means, where, yeah, they were, they, they were that team that the, the home run hitter for that for that team, Perez and Byrne. Yeah, and and, and Byrne was Marvel, and Perez was DC. And even yep. whenever um, uh, Perez was doing Marvel work, and Byrne was uh, did the switch to DC, it never. As much as I love Byrne's Superman, it never felt right because he was always a Marvel guy to me. Mm-hmm. He, he, it felt right. It just was very off-putting to see the the big Marvel dude in the DC playground. Well, it, it, but it, he didn't it, miss a beat. No, it, oh, no, it, it looked great. I loved it. It yeah. just wasn't right. It's like it no, was, he should be drawing FF. <laughs> but at least, at least you had, uh, at least you had those homages. You had, uh, you had the Action Comics homage with uh, Superboy holding up Block, and he had the rest of the. Uh, he had the equivalent. He had the Legionnaire equivalent to the Fantastic Four from the same cover of Gladiator holding up Thing from Fantastic Four two forty nine, and um, and he 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 liked to play around with covers he did for Marvel. He was able to do them when he was doing the Superman books, and it was uh, it was cool seeing that. I mean, it was. How many times alone did John Byrne? Uh, Swipe pay, himself. Pay, pay, pay homage to the Fantastic Four number one cover. Just John Byrne alone. Oh, a couple of times. Oh, oh, he also he did a Fantastic Four cover where he did the homage to uh, Action Comics number one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The uh, it was it was strange seeing Byrne do do Legends, do Man of Steel, do Superman. It was strange seeing him work with with anchors and writers that were primarily with DC, but um, it was it definitely was a a kick in the in a shot in the arm that Superman needed. Seeing seeing things like just just minute things that you never would have thought about Superman or Clark and having to worry about it in the um, in the Man of Steel. Lois shows up at his apartment and starts doing curls with his with his dumbbells, and she's like, "Well, how is it that you can have your physique if if I can, you know, kind of lift these up with just <laughs> and 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 worrying about how he's going to shave and he's got the, the the piece of of the hull from his ship and and just little things that you know either Julia Schwartz or Carrie Bates or or the guys weren't worrying about from the past thirty years now Byrne actually put thought into it and it 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 made Superman for me it. it I always enjoyed Superman growing up, 
but this was this was just this was perfect. This was great. It was a great match. I think they did a really oh, yeah. great job getting Bird for Superman. Oh, it, to- it totally updated the series. It uh, you know he's the one that changed Lex Luthor from yeah. being the the crazy mad scientist type to the the eighties um, uh, corrupt businessman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that that was that was a burn convention that he brought to that. And um, then he went and fucked over that waitress. And, <laughs> and in more ways than one, but then, uh, but then apparently, I guess it was Roger Stern or or someone actually years later wrote her back into a um, into a Superman story. I don't know if she was she became a major character, if she was working to like thwart Lex Luthor or anything. But I do remember that that waitress was written about years later after Byrne left the Superman books. Uh, Visually, I think it was a much needed upgrade. Mm-hmm. Because for years, I wouldn't touch a Superman book for one reason. Kurt Swan. Really? Oh, uh, okay. Yep, yep. Wow. I, I, I admire the man's talent, and he obviously had has a lot of it. But to my eyes, it's like tap water. Wow. It's boring, just lifeless. There. Yeah, I, 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 I just don't like Burn, Kurt Burn, Swan. Su- Burn s- Superman is it's awesome. I, yeah, that that first I, I remember that that first full page, you know, where where Clark is flying up from the mm-hmm. Smallville farm, and mm-hmm. it, it is to for me that is an iconic image of Superman that I will always kind of you know have in my head. It's like wow, you know, loved it, loved there, loved it. But, but I there I will say that there was one artist that did attract my attention to the Superman books before Mr. Byrne. And I think he rendered the character, in my mind, the best of anyone before him or since. And it's not Garcia Lopez. Wayne Boring? Nope. If it's not Garcia Lopez, uh, Dick Dillon, who else? I mean, what, what era are we talking about? Who else was... He's, he's the same man I said is my favorite Spider-Man artist. Ross Andrew, no shit. You betcha. Yep. I don't think anyone drew Superman better than Ross Andrew. Wow. Or the especially the cast. when It was the same magic yeah. he worked on the Spider-Man books. When yeah. Ross Andrew drew the characters, they were real. The... Dynamic. The, Gar, Gar, Garcia Lopez, just... You, we can't compare anybody yeah. to him anyway but he's, the well he did the model sheets yes yeah nice. um and the licensed artwork and things like that the um, oh, did, did, I, did you see on andy andy parks's blog um about two weeks ago he owns the aquaman model sheet oh you mentioned that that's right yeah cool yeah the what the hell was it um one thing that i really enjoyed that uh, that burn did was made the the shield the S shield larger, so it took up more of his chest instead of just like mm-hmm. ov- over his pecs. But there, when I see when I see the Superman shield, I always see the S. But in the eighties, Byrne did an interview when he was because Superman, I guess, was one of the first comics when he was up in in Canada or, or in England. One of the first comics he he read, he remembers reading, was a Superman book. So he always had an affinity for those characters, even though. He loved his time. He loved the Marvel books, but he he looks at the yellow in the shield and just sees two fish. 
Ah. <laughs> and that's and that's freaked me out ever since because I, I for for years I would draw the S shield and then when I read that I would start to draw the fish and then it would just like completely blow my freaking mind. <laughs> I, I will give Mr. Byrne props for another thing. I think his rendition of Krypton with the oh uh, that was cool the yeah. buildings and the costumes and the headgear yeah. just brilliant brilliant and that's something that hadn't been seen up until then either. Yeah, yeah. He, he made he made Krypton totally believable. Uh, enough with the burn love. We <laughs> well, give him an ego. You know, you know <laughs> yeah. what? There, there's 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 never enough burn love because that guy was the superstar of superstar artists in the eighties. Yep. So many comic book fans are fans because of him, and I know that he gets he kind of heaps a lot of problems on himself as far as his reputation and his, his internet persona. But man, that most, most of the comic book fans that grew up on Marvel that are in their thirties to thirties to early forties are comic book fans because of John Byrne. The guy was right. awesome. To be mentioned in the same breath as Jack Kirby in terms of the fantastic four. That's <laughs> not easy to do. Yep. And, and he would, and he would smack you for even saying that. Well, because, let him smack away because he because, because damn he, good on that because he because he holds um, Lee and Kirby up to a a huge huge level on that. So I mean that's uh, did do you ever uh, um, he was he was asked for some like Wizard magazine or something like that. Um, they were doing the uh, the hundred greatest comics of all time and. Uh, uh, they sent this out to a bunch of people, and you know, they said, "You know, what are your hundred favorite comics of all time?" And you, do you know what he wrote down? Let's hear it. Fantastic Four. That one through one hundred. That's right. That's right. Uh, there you go. You can't touch Kirby. <laughs> uh, have you seen the preview pages from uh, Amanda Connor's Terra miniseries that she's doing with Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray? Yep, saw them today. Oh, good Lord, this woman. I, she's probably one of the few artists in the last, say, 10 years who really made me stand up and take notice of her work. She is incredible. And, and, and I think she'd be another good choice for Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, she's kind of got that playful yeah. style. And her, and her women are smoking hot. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, just the one page with the creatures attacking her and the one makes this dumb mistake of, of holding a huge chunk of rock over its head and just the, her panel progression that uh, Tara's looking at something in the foreground and the thing is trying to sneak up behind her and then the next panel you see her turn. It's a nice little progression. Then smash, the thing gets you know taken out. She's, her drawing ability is uncanny. It Am is. I alone on this or, or do you guys like her? Oh, she's great. No, I, I've I've always liked Amanda Collin. Yeah, Amanda. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely good stuff. If her, I wish her women were real, because I would love to run in to a woman <laughs> like the, the cover of that Terra Number One. Oh, I, good lord! I love her Power Girl. I think she does yeah. one of the best Power Girls out there. And, and and it's not so much the anatomy, which she obviously has a good handle on. It's oh, so, the expressions yeah. that she's yeah. she nails them all the time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, wonderful, wonderful. Speaking of uh, um, another uh, fantastic, just just great artist, but also a female artist. Did you read Secret Six Number One? Have it? Haven't read it yet. 
looked great. Looked great and a fun story. So we talked about it a ton on AC last week, but uh, but Nicholas Scott nailed that issue. It looked awesome. She's the one who was dressed up as Wonder Woman on her uh, page or something. Didn't she have a Wonder Woman costume on at one time? The artist, Nicole Scott. Yes, I don't think that she's ever really publicized that or, or used that uh, like on her side or she anything. Was, but yeah, she was she, awesome. Yeah, she had, uh, I think she had tried out for the Wonder Woman role, and this was like 10 years ago or so. But yeah, she could have pulled it off. Hell yeah. Yeah. And she's another really amazing talent, too. I did thumb through the, mag- the, the Secret Six number one. It looks great. Yeah, and she's she's really she's really a cool gal. We uh we had the chance to talk with her. Gosh, it's been probably a year and a half ago, and really just a just a darling to talk to. Really fun, really fun gal. A lot so of good books coming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where's Wood? He he's not back on. I, I I keep checking the Skype list to see uh, if he if he. I, I was thinking he would have rebooted or something, but he's not. He's not back. Maybe, maybe something happened behind the scenes. I don't know. I hope it's not something behind the scenes because if it is, we're all going to be uh, in the bread lines tomorrow. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> it's a, he was gonna. He, he was supposed to supposed to carry my load on the show because I've been so darn busy with this convention crap. I haven't had a chance to read any comics. That's a good kind of busy though. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, kind of wiped out. Need to read. Well, now I have to read Air again. Thanks. Fuck you. Um, hey, you may thank me. <laughs> and uh, I think before I go to bed tonight, all the Superman talk. I'm gonna have to read uh, the new issue. Action Comics came out today because that's my favorite Superman since John Byrne worked on the series. Gary Frank. That is. That, that is his. I love. I love his Superman. That is. Gary Frank. Yeah. You. You. Uh, action is. A f- a more of a favorite than All Star Superman, um, which I that's that's I, apples and oranges. I, it's apples and oranges, but I tell you what, I I love All Star Superman, and I think we've described it as the perfect comic book on AC before. But for just like pure entertainment value, fun Superman, I love what Johns and Frank are doing oh, yeah. with action. I, it's it's one that I. It will be the first thing that I read that I that I bought this week. I I love that book. It'll be the second thing that I I read. No, it'll be the third thing that I read. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to read the All Star Superman first because it's my boy Grant Morrison, <laughs> and then I'll read Amazing Spider Man because Jr's doing it and it's a great story. Then I'll read the action with the revamped uh, liquid liquid refreshment on the cover. <sighs> That's They're so good. silly. What? The what? Clark can't drink a. The, he was originally holding a bottle of beer, and and now it says soda pop on it because action was supposed to soda last week. Yeah. yeah. No, it it doesn't. It doesn't say soda. I think it just says soda pop. Wow. It should say soda. Yeah. And uh, there was another book that was delayed too because DC wanted to fiddle with uh, something. All star. Was it All-Star? All-Star Batman and Robin, or is that not... Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, we haven't even talked about that yet. <laughs> that's just that's just stupid. Yeah, it is. No, I, that's, a, that's a bunch of... That's a marketing ploy. Oh, of course it is. You, anyone who knows printing knows that somebody's not going to screw up like that. No, no. It's, it's that's, impossible. That's... 
Yeah. But, but anyway, <laughs> let's not get into that. There was another book today that came that came out that was originally supposed to come out a while back that uh, had the cover fiddled with. Was it? Oh, it was DC Universe Decisions. Oh, Some, something about no, the, the cover. Yeah, yeah. The it Condoleezza was, Rice part. Right. A lot of good books today. They fixed the Filth. gap in her teeth. <sighs> no, they, they, her, she was uh, reverting back to a reptilian in the panel, so they had a. They had a <laughs> it was the V crossover. <laughs> but uh, did you guys see Phil Winslade's work on Brave and the Bold? No, he no, did. I, he no. he did this issue with Supergirl and Raven. Mamma mia, that guy is a force. Oh, Phil Winslade. I have to start picking that up. No, I'm not going to pick that up in single skin. Not but you have to. You know why? Because they are going to slowly introduce the milestone characters back, and Brave and the Bold is one of the books they're going to do it in. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No, not not the milestone. The impact. The Archie characters. The Red Circle ones. Milestone is. Uh, going to be handled by mcduffie jms is you, doing the impact are you sure yeah okay. oh okay well you yeah, have to get it for the impact characters chris that's right shield the fly the jaguar must only buy in hardcover yeah must i think buy in hardcover <laughs> I, I think brave and the bull is one of those books that that reads really well in hardcover because it's like a it's like a buffet you can sample a little bit of Blue Beetle, a little bit of Hawkman. Oh. You can has, the, has the second one come out? The second hardcover come out yet? No, they don't think they have as, enough issues yet. Do they? Yeah, they do. It's, it's oh, only yeah. on seven, 17. The first one is, is uh, five six. or six. Yeah, so they got enough. They can oh, finish yeah, up. Right. I think they do have the second hardcover out. Yeah, because what's the first one? There's one like the Lords of Luck, and it isn't. Okay, and the second one I think is Lords of Luck. Which, the Book of Destiny was really freaking confusing. Yes, it I had was. To read that. I had to yeah. read that twice. Yeah, that wasn't weighed at its finest. The uh, there was a Marvel book actually that uh, the Dust Jacket had to go back to be reprinted. Um, the What's that? the Daredevil by Bendis Omnibus. I think underneath I th- there's a uh, I didn't see the cover myself, but I guess there's a there's an image of Daredevil, and I guess they have the. The, the copyright or the trademark R at the end of Daredevil, that's like printed in yellow right on Daredevil's nose. Oh. So and it's and it's 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 a nuisance and it's annoying and it's an eyesore. Not that Daredevil can see it, but it's it's right there and <laughs> and um Don't they proof these things? Well that's the, and that's what pissed Bendis off. He he also talked about it on uh Word Balloon on the Bendis tapes, but uh he he Bendis is pissed because it's the most expensive thing with his name on it, that's ever going to come out that people are going to buy, and he he still has nightmares going back to his 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 torso and his jinx days. He still has nightmares about the printing process. But um, people received emails, people that emailed DCBS, especially um, Cameron has has stated that when when they receive the new dust jackets, they are going to mail them out in the next shipment. That the customer that purchased the omnibus, they'll have the new updated or reprinted dust jacket why is that up to cameron to mail those out no 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 i'm saying people that email dcbs cameron's cameron's reply that i've seen online cameron replied to them and 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 when so if if you order the omnibus and then when they receive the the new dust jackets in two months or however long when you get that month's shipment sent to you you'll have the new updated dust jacket 
Ah, oh, jeez. That's, that's so, crazy. And that's, and that's from a comic shop. I hope people that like bought it from Amazon and other places that they'll still be able, that Amazon will go ahead and, and ship the new dust jacket to the customer. I can only hope. It's on uh, the back. It's on the back cover. No, I think it's on the front cover. Oh, okay. All right. Did that, that come out was today? It? Did that come out today? I don't, I don't know. know if it came out. No. Uh, it's Marvel, dude. I don't care. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> There's a picture of Daredevil on the back cover with a baseball bat, and on the on the handle it says "fuck face." So they had, they had to go back and redo <laughs> it's that. Billy Ripken. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's a, that's a good that's a good that's a good run that uh, that Bendis and Malieve put on that series. Oh, I enjoyed yeah. that. It's one yeah. of the things that uh, one of the first books whenever I was coming back to comics that that really hooked me in. That uh, especially that that first arc, the the Silk, Mister Silk, yeah, was the, mm-hmm. kind of the, the guy that uh, um, tried to overthrow the Kingpin. That was a, that was a great arc. The the stabbing page is awesome. Yep. Really good. Uh, I hope you're saving your pennies for next week. Oh, what is it? Absolute Ronin. What's that next week? What's yep. the What's the retail on that? Surely it's seventy five. Hopefully, I think it's I think it's seventy five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I'm still I'm still a little fucking torqued off with them about the the third volume of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I thought that was an ass raping. Yeah, it was. It's too expensive. I I think Ronan's Miller's best work. Hmm. Visual visually, I think it's his best oh, work. Oh yeah, yeah. And and uh, the story, mm, it's pretty timeless. It's a it's a good little story. It's no Dark Knight Returns, but as yeah. far as the lines on the paper, I don't think he's ever surpassed Ronan. Yeah, it's a pretty book. Mm-hmm. Now, um, was that um, was that Jansen on inks on that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, we could do we could do a little search, but I'm I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm it's on my bookshelf, but I'm lazy. I'm not going to go get it. <laughs> Anybody want a trade of Ronan, by the way? <laughs> sure. Just, Why do you do you have two? Are you? Dude, oh, you're gonna. I'm, yeah, I'll get the. I'll I'll definitely pick up the uh, the absolute on that. Do you not have it, David? I had it. I had everything up until I think like the last two pages. I think I mentioned this before. Uh, I know I don't know how it ends because the the copy that I bought from Barnes and Noble years ago, after it first was collected, uh, it was missing the last couple of pages. Well, so I can I, tell you how it ends. Uh, shut up, <laughs> <laughs> you best. Let me tell you. Come on, let me do it. It's a sex change operation, and he joins the uh, the bondage chicks. Nice. Yeah, changes his name to Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. Cute. I like it. <laughs> Oh, it's awesome. That fold-out blew my mind back in the day. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome stuff. Was anyone treated with that kind of... Uh, did anyone receive that red carpet treatment in, as far as creators back then? I think he was unique in that respect. For the In what regard? Just, just the ups... They, they created a whole new format for that book with the printing and the paper, and, and he got a, a big-ass fold-out in it. That was... You know the, the you know the the fold out from that era that I still remember and still love to look at and uh, and David will uh, will love this one. <laughs> you know it's what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the dragon in uh, in mage that is ah oh, yeah that's an awesome awesome freaking fold out. I know that that's the first time I think I ever remember having a fold out in a comic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was sweet. While while we're on the subject of uh, against uh, the the beaten path comic presentations, my kids are hooked on 3D comics. Really? Yeah, I I, I let uh, Nina and Mia take a look at the Superman Beyond. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Oh my God, this is so cool! Look at it!" Look at it. And it looks like it's. They were get, they were getting so excited over it. So the last time I was uh, rooting through comic boxes, I I would I came across a bunch of 3D books and I bought them. So it, not, nothing makes me happier than looking in their bedrooms and they're both laying in bed with 3D glasses on reading comic books. It's like, <laughs> how cool is this? That is cool. I love and they'll it. swap they'll swap them back and forth. Did you see this one? And you know the the one will take that. I think I have a Gen 13 3D. Oh. With Art Ad- Art Adams dinosaurs oh. freaking out over that. The uh, the Ronin was was uh, pencils and inks by Frank and and uh, painted color by uh, then wife Lynn Varley. Really? Or color by Lynn Varley? I don't know if she painted it. I think she only. I think she started painting when Dark Knight came around, but I don't know if she painted Ronin. And so the once pencils and inks by Frank. Yeah. Really, you don't. You don't because, school me because I think I think at this point, Kloss was uh, continuing Daredevil because Miller had left. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. You know, I'm I'm a little shocked by that because I was kind of like White Jansen really cleaned Miller's stuff up. Wow. But, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I believe you. I'm th- I'm thinking that could be why. Uh, why Vince thinks that it's this is visually Miller's most appealing work because it's even, even it's it's all Miller because it, at Marvel yeah. when you didn't have if you didn't have Jansen inking him then you had like you know Joseph Rubenstein I mean you had you had some of the normal <laughs> you had some of the other in-house or bullpen guys that Marvel had working for him so yeah it's it's pretty much synonymous Miller and Jansen it's it's pretty much all one breath but. Yeah, no, this was, uh, I mean, Jansen was there, of course, for Dark Knight. I don't, did, did he also ink him on, uh, Strikes Again? No, and that's the, wait, did he? God, I'm, I'm gonna have to look, but that, that's kind of the story is that the art on, um, um, Strikes, Strikes Again, or Strikes, the, the second volume, I can never remember the name of it, but, um, Dark Knight Returns, a lot of people think that Jansen really kind of pulled um, Frank's style back and kind of kept it kept it together on on Dark Knight. That he was really trying to push the envelope art wise even farther than uh, than what we saw in that. And a lot of that's because because Jansen kind of kind of pulled it back and, and roped it back in. That it would have gone more the way of um, uh, Strikes Again. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love Strikes Again. I still have to read it. Yeah, I have yeah. all three issues upstairs. I still haven't read it yet. But, oh, visually, I think but visually, you can see how it how it pushes things even farther than than yeah. uh, Dark Knight Returns did. Oh, right? sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but you know, so they both look different. But I think that I think that Miller was trying to get there in in Dark Knight Returns, and and Jansen was a big part of kind of toning that down. Which I'm glad he did because it's 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 an absolute you know iconic book. Obviously. Yeah, that's a masterpiece. That's all she wrote, boys. This I hope great. our our brother Wood is doing all right. I miss do we, him. Do we do we give him credit for showing up for this episode? Yeah, he's on the ticket. Yeah, he gets credit for it. All right. If you're playing fantasy eleven o'clock comics, you will get points for Wood's per, uh, performance tonight. So yeah, he, but he it's, played, it's, he, it's, it's 
It's kind of like a, a running back that shows up and pulls a hamstring in the first quarter. No, there's a sports analogy. Okay, I was going to say he was like the editor for the episode, but okay. God bless him, though. He's not having an easy week. We're not. We're all not, but it, it's got to be particularly hard on him. So He'll be love fine. you, love you, Wood. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll I do. I miss him. I mean, we, I was glad he was here so, uh, when he was able to talk. And, and then. <laughs> David made a funny. Oh, oh shit. This, Excellent. This episode will be bronze now. Let me, let me write that down. David. <laughs> yeah, that'll make the show notes. That'll just be the only show note. Never mind Byrne, never mind Miller, never mind anything else we no, talked that, about. David made a funny. David had a couple subtle zingers in there tonight. Oh, yeah. He was, on, he was in peak. Tonight. Which surprises me because I still have Dayquil and Nyquil going through my system. I've been coughing for like since Sunday. I was not expecting to talk as much as I did. It's the love, the love of your fellow. Oh, I gotta, I gotta make up for Brethren. wood. You know, yeah. he comes in, hits it, and runs it. You know, I mean, it's what the hell. Okay. Well, I'm gonna what go get hell some gin going through my system. So you two go to bed. Oh, I'm go play a little more Star Wars. There you go. I'm gonna read some yeah. action comics. Yeah, I'm gonna fighters. You go, <laughs> you go to sleep, buddy. All right. Thank you very much for being with us. If you see Mr. Wood on the street, give him a hug for me anyway. Pick a spot. Uh, yeah. Join us next week for more uh, scintillating comic discussion with more wood. That'll be the selling point. More wood next week. Oh, we got to have the insight uh, theme song now. <laughs> Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. See ya. By which wood? And go to the Windy City Comic Con. Buy two comics of which played. By Ghost Rider. And Amazing Spider-Man. Bye. Action comics. <laughs> <laughs>